It's the Messiah Community Radio Talk Show. This is Michael James Lauren, your host. We have a great guest. He's a famous acting coach, actor, director, writer. His name is Anthony Mindell, last name N-E-I-N-D-L. And he's got two books we're going to talk about. One, At Left Brain, Turn Right, An Uncommon Path to Shutting Up Your Inner Critic, Giving Fear the Finger, and Having an Amazing Life. And another book, Alphabet Super Grownups, 26 Ways to Not Worry, Be Happy, and Get Over Yourself. Finally, welcome to the program. Thank you so much. What a great introduction. Our sponsors with over 90 years experience in developing audio electronics. Bayer Dynamics stands for innovative audio products with the highest sound quality and pioneering technology. Two business divisions, consumer and installation, provide tailored solutions for professional and private users. All products are developed in Germany and primarily manufactured by hand. From headphones to microphones and conference and interpretation systems. For more information, please visit north-america.com dot bearedynamic.com and by vocal booth to go carries a complete line of products and accessories specifically designed for voiceover actors audio professionals podcasters producers and studio owners to help them get professional results for their clients it's your go-to place for sound treatment soundproofing portable and mobile vocal booths visit vocalboothtogo.com for more information and by Hamilton Stands, founded in 1883 in Hamilton, Ohio, Hamilton Stands is the oldest music and instrument stand maker in the world. They offer a broad range of sheet music stands, band and orchestra instrument stands, and combo stands, including mic stands, guitar and keyboard stands, and accessories. In fact, the broadcast you're listening to is made using a Hamilton stage rocker mic stand. Visit HamiltonStands.com. And Oralex Acoustics has one mission, to make you sound your best. Thousands of satisfied Oralex customers have experienced improved acoustics, along with free expert advice, total sound control products from Oralex. Enjoy widespread use among prominent artists, producers, engineers, and corporations worldwide. Remember, it's not your gear, it's the room. Visit Oralex.com for more information. And great audio starts with great gear. And Zoom's 30-year reputation promises quality and affordability. Visit zoom-na.com today for recorders, audio interfaces, effects pedals, and more. We're Zoom, and we're for creators. I want to, you know, congratulate you because, uh, you know, I understand it's your 20th year. You're all over the place as far as yeah. not just L.A. and New York, but around the world teaching actors and and. Uh, just a lot of people how to be successful when it comes to, you know, I guess, being yourself and, uh, and making a difference out there. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, it, it, I'm known for working with, with actors in this discipline of, of telling stories, but I work with all kinds of people. Like a lot of people like to take acting classes and they're not even necessarily actors, but they really want to explore what it means to be human and get more creative or learn how to connect more or, you know, just be better communicators overall. So I, we have all kinds of programs to help people who are not just quote unquote professional actors. But I was saying earlier too to you that, you know, to me, it's the only acting sort of program that I know of at this level that besides helping actors just become really awesome actors, it's also having very, uh, I don't know, really amazing deep conversations about consciousness and about uh, awareness, about spiritual practice, about, you know, trying to leave less of a footprint in in every way that is polluting the earth, not just literally, but also, you know, the way we think and the way we talk to people. And, and I think that's really needed right now, what we're living in. Absolutely. I mean, I think about, you know, well, I'm a little older here, you know, and I, I think about, I haven't really evolved when I think about it as much. I have a lot of fear if I'm really honest and I have a, you know, a mask and uh, you teach people, if you, people go on YouTube and they look you up, Anthony Mindell, uh, you teach people how to get out of that mask and be real and, and to realize that you're working with so much just with what you have in your life and you, all you have to learn to do is really be you. And that seems to be something that you, you get across. It's liberating to hear that. Uh, so many people are trying so hard, not just in acting, but in life. And uh, they had it all the time right within them, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, it's so interesting how the world seems to be set up is that we spend so much of our lives, especially as we're you know young adults, you know, running away from who we are because we think we have to be somebody else to be loved or accepted or deserving or successful. And, you know, so we change the way we look or the, how much we weigh or, you know, our goals in life or what we want to do as a career to fit somebody else's idea for us. And then, 
you know, if, if you're lucky, you wake up and you realize, whoa, this is, that to me is the definition of inauthenticity. And that doesn't mean somebody is a fake. I mean, I think we use this word authentic a lot in culture, but I think what it really means to live an authentic life is to really start coming back to who each person is. And, you know, the core of each person is creative and loving and, you know, uh, like all the things that we think we're lacking, we actually already possess. So that to me is authenticity. Well, I learned just this year, maybe it was last year, my wife said to me, you know, Michael, not everybody wants to be your friend. And I, I still have like this like inner child in me, like, hi, hi, yes. you know, waving to people. And, and, and some, it was a sad day, though, when you realize that everybody wants to be your friend. But uh, we get beat up in uh, not only, I'm sure, with, with acting where there gets uh, rejections, but in life, it's very... You know, what you talk about, not just becoming a great actor, but it really has to do with life. Sometimes I'm thinking, wow, this guy's like a pastor. This this uh, like a like an Anthony Robbins, you know, but you're Anthony Mindell. You know, I have sometimes been told that I'm like the Anthony Robbins of acting teachers, which is yes. really hilarious to me. And like some people call me teacher preacher, <laughs> which I really appreciate. It is, I have to say, our schools all over the world definitely feel like church, like not, you know, just simply because it's a, a sacred space to come and create and and to get free and to express oneself. And that to me is spiritual. That is what church is intended to be, right? To get closer to love and oneself mm. and connect to other people. Um, community. It's also community. Uh, you know, now that, you know, 20 years in of having done this and it is interesting to me how important community is because no matter what it is that we do in life, we just can't do it alone. And I think people can hold up a mirror for us. I'm always saying to help us see the best parts of ourselves that we often sort of denigrate. Like we don't, you know, you yourself just said that you don't feel like you're as evolved as you think you are. Mm -hmm. But the, the truth is, is the fact that, you and I are having this conversation means that you're walking with some sort of awareness that, you know, many people don't have and that's okay. We're all like elevators on different floors, you know, and we're all ascending at one level. And some don't uh, go to the top floor. I'm that's just right. Joking. Some don't make it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And it's not better or worse. It's just yeah. sort of, it's the, the I, to me, it's the incarnation that we have this go around and what we're working through, you know? How many and, of these books do you, I mean, you're very in tune with the human condition. I mean, I, I recommend people get your books, honestly, at Left Brain, Turn Right, and also Alphabet Soup for Grownups. Uh, it's almost like a stream of consciousness when you're, you're able to write what people think and feel and can't express it. Uh, well, that's, thank you, Michael. I mean, I think a lot of people who know me say that my, my voice in the books is very much how I am in real life. So that's a great compliment. Like I, you know, I like to think that I'm funny, but I'm not some, like I, I think like I'm a stand up comedian and I crack jokes and sometimes they're, they go over great. And sometimes it's like cricket, cricket, <laughs> but that's, you know, you, you take that risk to be honest. And I feel like the books I think come through that way. Um, I actually am finishing up. I'm really excited because my my newest book is almost finished. I don't, uh, as far as like editing goes, and and then we'll see what the next, you know, the, the whole printing process will be. But it's called You Knew When You Were Two and uh, Thoughts About Creativity and Faith and Love. And it's really very um, not specific for any kind of, it's just for everyone. And it's really about, there are short stories about me growing up in the Midwest and sort of tying that into my spiritual journey and my creative journey and, and realizing kind of what you said earlier is that it's, it's really about coming back to self. And you talk about from a, a place where, you know, you feel free. I mean, when you're, you said two years old, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that there's, my assumption is, is that deep inside us, we all have the answers for the things that we're seeking and that we've, I believe that we know it even at an unconscious level, like at the age of two. And I had in my, in my book, um, each chapter is a different age and then each from two to, I just turned 50 this year. So, so each chapter kind of deals with a different, there's not 50 chapters. It's not, oh my God, but there's like <laughs> you know, two and then eight and then 13 and, so on and so forth. But, but, but to me, my journeying feels like it began at the age of two when something happened to me that I can kind of recall. And I'm using the book as sort of this patchwork to connect the dots of all the things that have happened between two and 48 years later that have made me who I am. 
And you know, I, you, but people are special and you, you recommend and accept that people are special. You let people know that, that, you know, get in touch with it all, you know, uh, get used to the material that you have to work with rather than trying to be that guy. And you mentioned, well, that guy's already taken or that female actor, you know, actress yeah. is already taken. Yeah. Learn, learn to be you. And what a, what a great message because we're not really fed that when you watch commercials on television, you have to be somebody else. Uh, you got to be in this or that, or, you know, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, you're totally right. The media really wants us to buy their, you know, I'm not a conspiracist theorist or, you know, I'm not crazy in that regard of like, you know, it's, it's great. I love media. I love the culture we live in. And yet we also have to be, I think, mindful because they don't, they don't, at the bottom line is, is they're selling things. You know what I mean? And I think sometimes for young minds, you know, we're better if we go buy those jeans or I'm sexier if I go and do that. Or obviously there's no doubt that science has proven what it's doing in social media, what social media is doing and how a, we don't, sometimes young adults can't tell the difference between an ad and real life. And so they're being sold something, you know, in a subliminal way, but then also now just, sort of this whole compare and despairism that's occurring because of social media. And that's its job. It wants you to feel bad about yourself so that you seek something other than self. Well, let me I mean, ask you a question there. Is there some sort of parallel to because, you know, actors have to have that influence also, you know, they have to kind of resolve conflicts and things that happen right there. And um, do you see any similarities though between the influence that, you know, an actor is able to have? I mean, um, I imagine you want them to have that influence. You mean, you mean, uh, sorry. Well, to create like a, a moment or to, to be able to create a mood or uh, to resolve a conflict that has taken place. I mean, usually you know, when you look at the commercials, we were mentioning something happens where there's a problem and then there's a, a resolution to the conflict and things like that. But um, um, usually... I would think there's got to be this tension in acting. I'm just guessing here. Yes. And then you have to resolve that tension somehow. Just, I mean, like regular life. Yes. Well, that's okay. Yes. I mean, that's an interesting point. Like for me, if you're thinking like really great movies you see or, you know, stories that are really moving and even documentaries, right? Like it's all, a lot of that has to do with the writing that the conflict is already written in the stories that are then being told through and by the actors. And I think the actor's job is actually conflict is what moves story forward. So for me as a teacher, it's, it's a, you're right. The tension is created by people having judgments about the stuff that comes up for them in conflict, right? And my job as a teacher is to ha have them walk that very fine line of staying in conflict to tell the story, but then also to conflict resolve it. Um, because it's just acting. It's not real life. You're not fighting with your wife in, in a scene, but you are, you know, that's what's, that to me is what's so beautiful about acting. And, you know, we were talking earlier, I just wanted to make this point about the human condition. That's why to me, actors, you know, can really mirror back or stories period really mirror back to us what the human condition is like. So we watch a show or something and we see ourselves in that story or sometimes a particular person or character. And, you know, I think there's, a lot of, I don't have a PhD and I know a lot of best-selling authors who, who work on social constructs or, you know, I'm thinking like Brene Brown or, or Marianne Williamson or people like that who are really very forward thinking and a lot of their work has had to do with, you know, their college research work as PhD. And I guess my field work and my social research has literally come out of over 20 years of really being in the, the blood and guts mm -hmm. of it all with human beings. It's yeah. really, it's, so there's no control group. That to me is what's, it, to me it takes kind of social uh, research to next level because we don't have a control group and an experimental group. We don't have one group that we're interviewing with certain data that they have. And you know what I mean? We are all in trying to figure out ourselves. And over time, that's kind of why I've been able to write about it, because I see patterns of behavior that are repeated for all human beings. Absolutely. I love the way you put that. And, you know, it seems like how much is it about acting and how much, you know, when people want to become actors are, are really kind of working out something in their lives somehow. I don't know if it's a maybe maybe not getting enough attention or maybe this need to. I mean, there are a million and one psychological reasons, right, why people become actors and how they can bring that into a scene or work something out. I mean, you don't even have to be an 
actor. I think people are just working things through from things in and baggage and issues every day, you know? I mean, I, but in, truth be told, I mean, I'm sure actors have to be some of the most courageous people in the world to be able to put yourself out there time after time after time. I felt well, that's where the, uh, the preach, preach and the healing comes in with you. When you yeah. talk to people, <laughs> uh, well, but you get calls at three in the morning. Don't help me. <laughs> well, yeah, because it's, it's also a brutal business. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because the, I don't know any other business that rejects people uh, just so summarily like acting. I'm not saying, you know, I mean, work is hard no matter what it is that you choose to do in life. If you want to excel, you got to work hard. But but it is interesting that every day, you know, we put ourselves on the line only for people to be like, oh, you're blonde, so we don't like you, you know? <laughs> but, you know, I think the interesting thing you just said there, Michael, was I actually believe that all vocations um, are are a – what's my word? All vocations, the things that people that from a heart space that they choose to do – is a way for them to work through their stuff to get to a new level of self-expression. So a pilot, you know, this is sometimes unconscious, but if a pilot loves flying, besides the mechanics of that job, there's an aspect of that person who wants to be free and is an adventurer and discover the world and, and be in service. And so if we start to look at how a vocation is trying to show us how to be more impactful, I think all lines of work can become that. You know, not just acting. Well, that's really true. And, you know, you have a lot of success stories. There are a lot of people that we should mention. I don't mind tooting your horn here. That uh, Olympia Dukakis wrote the, uh, in the part of the testimony, it says insightful and practical and empowering book. Everybody knows uh, Academy Award winner Olympia Dukakis. There are other people, 90210. And I'm sure there's a strong, strong list. Uh, you know, take it from there. Yeah, I mean, I work with some of the top people in the business and, you know, it's it's really gratifying. And, you know, yes, Olympia gave me that great quote. And I have some other, you know, uh, um, Stephen Pressfield, who wrote uh, The War of Art, um, you know, Michael Beckwith, who owns and runs is a, a pastor at the Agape Church out here. You know, it's 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 exciting that different uh, fields of work can also see sort of the similarities. Um, again, like I was saying, it, it's not just about acting for me, you know, when I'm working with people. But yes, I do work with a lot of celebrities. People can go to my website to look. <laughs> <laughs> Don't have time to talk about it. No, I mean, you know, it's yeah. anthonymindell.com. That's, the, yeah. that's right there. Well, let's talk about your book because it left brain, turn right, an uncommon path to shutting up your inner critic. Let's start there. Uh, of course, you want to talk about giving a fear of the finger and uh, having an amazing life. Uh, how can we do this? How can you tell your inner critic to, to be quiet? How do we do that? Well, I think it's just practice, practice, practice. So some of your listeners might want to, maybe they've always wanted to be an artist, like a visual artist. They have gifts drawing or painting or somebody else wants to be a singer or, you know, I think immediately when we have, here's to me, it's like sort of the like the God principle that abides in each person is we have these ahas or we have these um, light bulbs. We have these hunches or intuitions that come to us. And, and to me, they come directly from source. They come directly from some other part of ourselves that can't be located within ourselves, but then we have this aha inside. And generally, they don't make sense. They're scary. <laughs> and they're usually creatively oriented. But what ends up happening then is we immediate, almost immediately discount it. So we say, oh, that's not practical, or I don't have the money, or I don't have the time, or I can't do that, or my dad wanted to be a chef and he failed, and why would I want to do that? Or I'm too old, or I'm too fat, or, you know, and so we start to, the ins original inspired idea, to be inspired by something simply means to be in spirit. So mm -hmm. to me, their correlation right there just goes to show you that you're in alignment with something greater than your left brain telling you the practical reasons why you can or cannot do something. And so to me, what, what the practice part means you just have to move in the direction of where the aha is. And so if it's, let's say you want to be an actor, let's say, and you just, you don't, it just, you don't even know where to begin. 
Well, you start to Google, you find like a site like mine and you reach out and you come and you check out a class and then you sign up and then you, you, you know, it's really actually when you take an inspired idea and then just break it down in little steps, it's sort of like, duh, everybody can do it. Everybody can do it. Whatever that thing is, you know, and then I think not getting ahead of yourself of like thinking like, well, what if, what if, because the what ifs also stop us. And I think the amazing thing about listening to spirit is that even if it doesn't lead you to where you thought it was, all the other things that you accumulate on the journey is the journey. That's the real reason. The reason thing, having this preconceived notion of how things are supposed to be, that's something you mentioned on your YouTube videos that I thought law was supposed to be this way, but it's this way. And, yeah. you know, learning to, yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I guess it's, you have to be, maybe the word is, uh, is emotionally flexible and adaptable. Well, I think about my own life, you know, when I started out, I started out in, uh, I went to college for acting and then I went to grad school in London uh, on an acting scholarship and then I moved to New York City and then after waiting tables for a number of years, I finally started to break through. Then I moved out to LA and I was working a lot commercially and, you know, was on some shows. Everything was kind of moving in the direction and then at around the same time, I started feeling like a new sort of philosophy around acting just hadn't been taught in forever. And so I was really inspired by that. So I started to also um, explore new modalities to get people to just be more honest in the work. And then I, so my point is, is here I, as a young man, I thought my life was, I was going to be a big movie star mm-hmm. and my journey has turned out exactly. I mean, it's turned out better than I could have ever imagined because it's, it's opened me to so many other things 20 years ago, I would never have even thought were a possibility. And so I think you also have to be, you grow out of one part as you grow into a new part. And I think that also people don't sometimes want to do that because I think our dreams sometimes are not really our authentic dreams. Well, this is an interesting point. Sometimes we want to do things because we think by doing them, we'll get the thing that we're lacking in life. So if I become a famous actor, finally my parents will love me. And that may be- You hear that a lot. Yeah, that may be an unconscious, people may be unconscious of that. And then all of a sudden you become famous and then you're you're miserable or you become a drug addict or, you know, and it's, I think we, the, the, to me, a dream is less a dream and more of the aha. And the aha can never go wrong because it, it is life affirming. And to me, it keeps ascending you to new ahas. So, but that just, you just got to keep moving forward. Um, so you, you're watching people develop right before your eyes. I mean, oh, yeah, emotionally, or psychologically, oh, yeah. I mean, what, what, what is that? like for you chronologically yeah 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 and and like all of a sudden the light goes off no better you know for a teacher uh coach uh than to see that happen and what is that like for you and can you give some examples well yeah you know i mean i was you know what comes to mind i don't talk about a lot of the famous actors that i teach but you know like when i think about like somebody like shailene woodley is one of my uh most recognizable students she's one of the leads in big little lies and Mm -hmm. um you know was the lead in her own franchise movie, the Diversion series. And, you know, she's doing a lot of amazing things. I started with her when she was like 15 or 16 and she's 26 now. So to see somebody chronologically move from a young teen to a young adult to, you know, a young woman to now who she's becoming, you know, like also an activist and an ambassador of, of, climate change and indigenous tribe rights. And, you know, it's, it's pretty incredible just a human from a human perspective, which to me is more important than just acting, but also she's just an incredible actress. You know what I mean? Like who she's become as a storyteller. So I, I don't ever use fame as the litmus test of, of success. I use people's own sort of evolving and yes. Yeah. Ascending and evolving and expanding into more of these conscious awareness aspects of their life. It's pretty amazing, isn't it? People watch a movie screen or a television screen, and uh, there's an evolution perhaps of the actor, but then it also affects the person watching, the person in the audience, or the person, uh, you know, whether a dinner theater or a theater, Broadway, you name it. But how does that dynamic happen? Where with the human condition, as someone grows as an actor on screen or, or perhaps uh, just in general, it changes 
the person watching? Well, I think like, I think for some people, you know, at, at a base level, sometimes we watch someone and we just have such an affinity for that person, or we just feel a connection to them. And uh, as they grow and expand, I think we sometimes think of them as heroes in a way, you know, and I think they, they evoke the heroic quality in us as well. And, and so we kind of want to mirror that journey. In my book, I talk about how I feel like because America is such a young you know, country and, and culturally it's young compared to, you know, gosh, Europe and, and even like the Pacific Rim countries, like we don't really have a tradition to pull from. So, you know, when we look at like, if you look at indigenous tribes, like they are, they come, they're, they're borrowing from nature and expanding from nature. Or if you think of, um, mythology and how mythological aspects of cultures have formed into contemporary touchstones but america is so young so we don't we don't have any kind of mythology we don't you know our mythology actually has become like the marvel movies our mythology is superheroes because we don't yeah we don't have a connection to something really of the land or of a country's history, which I find really fascinating. So it's, isn't it ironic that superhero movies are like, that's all people go see. I never really thought about it like that. It's true. (laughs) Deep thoughts, Michael. (laughs) (laughs) Stay with me, Michael. Stay with me. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But that's cool. It's cool to realize that, you know, and people are infatuated with those movies too. Well, I think it's a hard wiring in each human being, as Joseph Campbell would say, to go on the hero's journey. So what ends up happening is when we go and see a Marvel movie, I think people at the base level uh, see it because of the explosions and the capes and the, you know, feats of jumping through air and like, you know, the Spidey Man or the Wonder Woman aspect of it. But at a deep psycho-emotional spiritual level, they're actually going on a hero's journey, which is for somebody to be sort of reclaim their their identity. They have to go out on a mythological or sometimes literal journey. They leave home to discover their own latent powers. All right, well, let's just talk about there for just a minute because uh, in the acting, if people aren't willing to go through it, let's just say it is a little bit like therapy where you have to discover emotions you you have neglected or, or, you know, put aside or living a denial or or harboring anger or all that type of thing. But do you have to go through the work in order to be a successful actor? I mean, do you have to really know your own emotional gamut and be willing to put the work in. Uh, is there any way around that or, or that's pretty much, you have to be willing to, to, you know, be that deep. Well, yes. I mean, listen, I mean, I think like in any kind of, uh, listen, people can become successful by all sorts of means, right? I mean, in all walks of life. <laughs> um, I think in acting, some people do just fine and they, you know, they're, they're okay having a career at a superficial, and this, I don't mean this is a judgment, just mm-hmm. they're not scratching really deeply and that's okay. Some people like to, uh, you know, just do it because it's a great paycheck. Other people like to explore a more, you know, deeper connection to self and to spirit and to, you know, I, I'm hoping a more impactful way to tell stories so that we are actually healing other people and healing the planet. You know, I mean, so yes, I think people have to become cognizant of their own blocks and fears. And, and that doesn't mean that they go away. It just means that we have a little bit more awareness around them to use them or not let them hold us back. And that's what I love about your books. I mean, the fact that even the, uh, you know, I thought I would just breeze through alphabet soup for grownups, right? <laughs> I, mean, I couldn't put it away. I mean, I kept, I was like, what about the other book? Well, I said, I like that book, but I'm, I'm, I'm hooked on both of them. But I was starting to read this one. I couldn't put it down because, you know, as an adult, you, you want to hear stories that uh, this is almost like reminding me when I was a kid, except it's talking about real stuff that uh, as an adult and... Um, it's, you know, again, a lot of things you write are how a person may think and, and we want to get out of our own way. There's a lot of torment, it seems when you live 
in this life. And, uh, and we do get in. Why do we get in our own way? And why are people so apologetic? That seems to be something you tell people. You, know, you don't have to apologize for being you. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with self-worth, um, self-esteem. And I think that can be traced back to a lot of stuff about shame that we, you know, we, as young kids, we develop stories based on shame because of things that happened to us. And, you know, or, you know, it just, A, just happened as a child just by naturally seeking and, and uh, experiencing the world. So not necessarily anything bad, but we get in trouble or we get punished or we're told not to do that. And then we associate certain behavior as not being okay. So then sometimes when that behavior comes up again, or there's a different manifestation of it, we have a, a judgment or a block around it. But, but then there's other, you know, to me, more extreme examples of it, which I think, you know, God bless many, many, many people. Most people that are walking on the planet are also walking with a, a huge amount of trauma. Mm-hmm. Everybody has trauma of one form or another. You know, I lived a really amazing childhood. My parents are awesome. I was never abused, you know, sexually or physically. And, you know, I lived a great life. But even that, I was traumatized in school. I was bullied. I, you know what I mean? Like, like we, we all at one, and then other people are actually, you know, violated in, you know, ways that are unconscionable. And so oftentimes then the learning is turned inwards so that they are, it's their fault or it had they done something differently that wouldn't have happened. And I think so for me, Michael, a lot of the work that I'm doing with actors, even if we don't talk about things that specifically, because I don't need to know people's histories, it's just, it's just having a little bit more awareness about where our little boy or little girl selves are wounded and where they need self-care and self-love and sort of restoring the parts of ourselves that were taken away from us and were traumatized. Yes. I mean, you look at the kids. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say it's reclaiming it. And, you know, this new book, I'm really excited about it, is really about reclaiming those parts. And, and, and then you start to stop apologizing for, you know, your existence, I think. Yeah, I think there's a lot of compromising that goes on or a lot of overcompensation. I'm not sure which word I'm looking for, but I, I know I do it sometimes, you know, growing up I had a learning disability. And so I'm always I'm really good at nodding at people and saying, yes, I understand exactly. I'm, I'm a, I should win an Academy Award for that. I look at me and say, I know exactly what you're talking about. I have no idea what they're talking about. I've learned to do that because even, you know, and so uh so sometimes there's overcompensation, but uh, uh, so the stage and theater or uh, with acting, it's a place where people, you want people to be honest. Is that correct? Well, yeah. I mean, I think the or great truthful. thing is we can tell when people are not, just like in life, you can tell when someone's lying to you. You can tell when someone is, you know, feeding you a line of BS. Like mm-hmm. with acting, if we can, I would say, if we can see you acting, you're doing it wrong. And there's just no way in, you know, there's no way into an experience if somebody's not being real. Um, and it's breaking down a lot of barriers, isn't it? And, and creating intimacy. I mean, you're really close to another human being and more so than anywhere, right? As an actor. Yeah, it's, it is really true. It's just a beautiful, crazy art form. You know, it's like, it's, it's, I always like to joke to my students that it's actually making us acting is asking of us to be more honest in our work than we are in our own lives, because in our own lives, we can, everybody can sort of negotiate around stuff and not have to be honest. We can lie. We can, you know, not, we can withhold, we can be passive aggressive. We can pretend, you know, and, and sometimes that's necessary and sometimes we do it, but sometimes we do that at the expense of, you know, uh, really facing the things that we need to face. But in acting with, a, with, with really good teaching, teachers start to call you on where you're lying and where you're hiding. And it's weird because in life, we're conflict averse. So anytime conflict happens, we generally run away from it. It's fight or flight, right? But in acting, you're constantly having to like get into the ring. I worked with a very famous MM, what's that called? MM. Oh, MMA? MMA fighter. Yes. And I, he shall remain nameless, but he's yeah. huge. And in his foundations, like his introduction class, I asked him, how was that, Michael? And he was like, 
this is much more terrifying than <laughs> any dude I ever had to face in the ring. Wow. And you see the success of The Rock, and why not, right? There are other people who, uh, MMA, or are you, uh, are you surprised there's so many athletes, too, outside that, that they have this gift, too? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, I think somebody like The Rock or, you know, some athletes that transition into acting, I think they have that work ethic of working really hard, and so they won't give up, you know? Um, yeah, it's... It's terrifying to be. How did you learn to be so honest with people or to know when people are lying or to be a human, uh, you know, lie detector? <laughs> you know, I don't know. I guess it's just I, I'm doing it all the time and I'm around people in storytelling situations. So I can just it's very it's like I always call it like it's like surgical work, because for actors who are brand new, it's like to me who are maybe newer to it. It's just obvious but as I work with people who are at a much more refined level, it is like delicate surgery. And it's, it's so beautiful and exciting because I can still find things to fine tune, even though maybe from the naked eye, it's like feels very, very honest. You know, a lot of times when people come and observe a class, they're like, whoa, this is so real. It's scary. Mm. But I'll still have notes for those people. You know what I mean? Um, and that is art. You know, art is never ending. The expression and exploration of, of a deeper truth. Do you kind of remove yourself from all this when you're not working? You're always associated with actors or, and uh, you are. Yeah, that's okay. I, mean, I, was, I, I find it hard to believe that you're, you know, you can't. <laughs> I mean, I love it. I mean, I think actors are like my best friends and, you know, I, I, I just, I also just, you know, besides my books, I mean, I just finished two movies this year that I wrote and directed and, you know, it's interesting. Like I can't get away from it. It's, mm -hmm. it's sometimes for me, I have to be careful because what I'm working through right now is realizing like, I don't want acting to be more real than my own life. Hmm. You know, it's so interesting because yes. it, it can be, that's what the movies can do to us too. You know what I mean? Um, oh, absolutely. You look at people's uh, DVD shelf, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you know, some people, people, some people dive into movies because they want to escape reality. You know, they want to, I don't think that that's art's purpose. I think art's purpose is not, um, we can be entertained by stuff. Don't get me wrong, but entertainment can, uh, should be more purposeful to make us think. So I, I think to escape is just prolongs our own work that has to be done. I want to ask you a question. So I do, I do voiceovers part-time, okay? I'm the, okay. like a wannabe, okay? So if, yeah. if I send you right now, uh, you know, uh, the script for this, uh, you know, could you, could you get me to get outside of my inner critic or, or would you be able to put life into the script? Well, I mean, yes. You don't I mean, have to if you don't want to. <laughs> I mean, but Michael, I'm, I mean, I'm not necessarily a voiceover coach, but I could try it, yeah. I mean, you know, every acting discipline is slightly different, and I'm not like a voiceover technician, but we could try it. All right, I just uh, sent it right here, and uh, I don't know if you have that right there in front of you, and I'll and edit it. market something. response to consumer yes. demand, is that it? Okay. Yes. And so this, this is, um, uh, set the stage here. And, uh, and by the way, can people contact you, you know, to be on Skype? Do you do teaching on Skype as well? Yeah. Or I mean, I'm, you know, I'm on all social media. I'm on Instagram, Anthony Mindel. Like I said, you can contact us through our website, anthonymindel.com. Uh, we, you know, if I can't do a, a coaching session, uh, via Skype or whatever, I have, there's like 15 other faculty members at our LA studio alone. So Lots of people are being coached all the time. Okay. So this, I mean, because I figure with, uh, with technology, you could do it that way. But this is for a, um, let's see, it's for a bar and a powder retailer, okay, with the benefits of clean label ingredients. And this is used for marketing purposes. So, uh, you know, so do you want me to take a crack at it? or yeah, just... let me hear you do it. Okay, okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's what I like. Oh, boy. All right, here we go. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I, if I were to do this, right, I would say uh, consumers want clean and simple, but taste is still king. Reformulating to a clean label without compromising the taste, texture, and shelf life stability of your product can be a balancing act that requires expertise in product development, supply chain, and manufacturing. At I'll say blank for the, you know, at blank, 
we understand clean label and can help you achieve your specific goals. Like I always feel like, you know, my wife listens and say, you stink. You're so boring. No, no, no. So Michael, so here, let's just, we'll work on that first paragraph. Because right. here's the thing. Okay. No, you're not boring. <laughs> Lord goodness. I mean, these Thank words, you. these are the most boring words ever. Product <laughs> development, supply chain, manufacturing, reformulating, clean label, shelf life stability, product. I mean, I mean, of course, people are going to just turn that off. Mm. So, but that's not you. I mean, I actually thought that was you're in your voice and you're clear and you're, you know, I mean, that's kind of how a lot of radio ads, I listen to Spotify and stuff like that. You know, when the ad comes on, you hear people talking like you, but you let's just you're looking for today. There Again, your whole thing about breaking down barriers and, and that's what people want, you know, like if you feel the person's trying too hard or so. So, you know, I guess today they want it to be like, you're not even really that you're just yeah, so let's, let's try this and you have to really go with it even if it doesn't it doesn't in the short term it may not be still quite right but you're gonna mm-hmm. we'll discover something okay so we're gonna do it again okay. but this time you're gonna do it just in gibberish <laughs> so anything okay could be greek sounding yeah okay here we go so you want me to- sell me this product in wow. gibberish <laughs> this go, is go. Oh my Don't God. Yeah, can we? Uh, <clears throat> okay, all right. Um, I want to that papa to clean. I love that papa to clean. That's what I would. Okay. Oh, well, I got the first two cents. I didn't get the whole thing. One more time and have more fun in gibberish. One more time. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like I'm like, a, I should put a diaper on, you know? No, Google it's good. Okay, uh, good. Good. Now what we're going to do, even though I don't want you to look at it, okay? Uh-huh. Put, put your hand over the text. Okay. Now, just paraphrase it. Just say what you want to say about this product. You can make anything up about it. Just put it in your own words and tell me about it. Consumers like just having a product they can rely on to be able to have the energy they need because it's so hard during the day. And so they have this bar and they feel better and they're able to take on all kinds of challenges. Okay, great. Now we're going to come back to the text. It's okay. already warmer. Now we're going to add one last thing. Okay. Right before you start, I just want you in your mind's eye to just think of something sexual. Like maybe you're, you're, <laughs> yeah. you'll have to forgive me because oh boy, long story. No, 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 no. Here we go. Just something. Okay, okay. Hurry, hurry. Just that. something sexual, and we're adding. We're, let all those things <laughs> we just explored—the gibberish, oh, putting it in your own words—let that oh, all, let all that just undulate into the text. Here we go. What did I do? Okay, ready. Sexual. Uh, so now, is this sexual? No, 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 no. Don't talk about it, Michael. Go. Okay. But wait, is it sexual gibberish or am I really reading no, it? No, no, no. Just regular text. Consumers want clean and simple. Okay. And I want you to have a bit of a sly smile when mm. you're thinking sexual. Go. Consumers want clean and simple, but taste is still king. Reformulated to a clean label without compromising the taste, texture, and shelf life stability of your product can be a balancing act that requires expertise in product development, supply chain, and manufacturing. Bam! Whoa! <laughs> oh my gosh. First of all, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I, I Wait, felt that too. I, dude, I, I honestly that, felt something different, which I haven't felt Michael, since reading all these things. That is Academy Award right there. <laughs> Secondly, your wife is going to be so turned on. Well, she really will. Third, she's going she's gonna to be like, honey, you even made product development, supply chain, and manufacturing sound hot. I'm going to play that because, I mean, that's what's Michael, missing. Listen, that was, something was that missing. Was so crazy. See, this is, I don't even teach um, voiceover. But even look, that took one minute. And we went from consumers want clean and so you didn't sound like that but you know what i mean it just sounded very uh uh, advertising ish you don't need any extra work but i want to tell you something i've been uh you know as a student with other voice teachers and this is the first time i felt a breakthrough that way so i mean there's a whole market there not that you need the work but i mean maybe i'll think about it that was so simple and easy it's just the work that i do with people I mean, where, where do you, who, are you based in LA? Where am I calling to? Oh, or, sorry. You're, <laughs> you're, yeah. you're in Bradenton, Florida. Oh, in Florida. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Wow. Okay. 
A lot of yep. people think this is an L.A. show, though. A lot of people think it's uh-huh. New York City or something, which is, I'll, yeah. I'll take it. I'll take it, you know? I did think it was New York. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, that's just it. You just got more honest. It was oh. so much more soothing. You have a but great voice. Thank you. I was going to – I ruined it. I, you were going to say I had a great voice, and I talked over you. Go ahead. No, it's okay. You did. You have a great voice over voice. And that was – you made those words – I was intrigued by it. And I could hear how it became more fun for you. Mm-hmm. Dude, you would book the job like that. That was pretty great. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I haven't submitted this. So I'm going to read that. And I'm going to let you know because they, they give you a, a thumbs up. And, and I'm telling you the truth. I'll split the commission with you if I get it. <laughs> no. I, I just, I think you'll hear it. The difference between, and your listeners will hear it. The difference between the first take and that last take, that's pretty amazing. So there was a block there in your book at Left Brain Turn Right, An Uncommon Path to Shutting Up Your Inner Critic, Giving Fear the Finger, and Having an Amazing Life. And uh, I mean, there was a, a roadblock. And so when you remove that, and it is liberating, isn't it? And that's it what people liberating. want. They want freedom and, and expression. I guess that's, you know, I want to say, though, that's what makes you so charismatic when, you know, you watch on YouTube or your books as well. You have an outlet, a real outlet, not only in championing other people who want to be great actors, you know, or now voiceover people, but uh, <laughs> you, know, but, uh, you, you provide an outlet. What would you do if you didn't have this kind of outlet? I mean, with writing and, and uh, communicating and acting, life would I mean, be hard. You know, I don't know. Sometimes my life is very spiritually driven. So you know, the other day I was like, I could go move to India and live in a cave. I mean, no, I couldn't. Because <laughs> I really- yeah, you can go to Thailand and live in a cave. <laughs> <laughs> as long as I have a way out. I mean, <laughs> but, um, I mean, I love people so much. So I love being in social, uh, you know, contact with people. So I don't know. I, my work would definitely have to be service work. Um, but I'm, I'm, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, I feel very blessed. Well, you know, you are. And what's interesting, I just want to make a comment that you talked about your new book that's going to be coming out back when you oh, were Oh, I can't two. wait for you to yeah. read it. Yes. Yeah, I would love to. And we have you on again, actually. So yeah, um, sure. what I was going to say, you know, in life, people will go back only so far. Like sometimes they'll go back to when they were 20 or maybe go back to, uh, you know, a midlife crisis or whatever it is. How many people are, are actually willing to go back? to mm. one or two. I mean, usually you think about that and you say, I can never get those years back. Uh, why even bother? But there's uh, a benefit to it, as you have seen. Yeah, I think it's, I think we can start to see themes in our life when we start to dig deeper and patterns that are trying to show us something and, and also heal us. And, you know, and sometimes it can be maddening because at the age of 50, I'm like, oh God, I knew that when I was two. Why am I still doing that? <laughs> But, but, but it's also very exciting to have a deeper uh, comprehension of it. And who do you have as a coach? I mean, you're, you, so many people must rely on you, but who do you turn to? I mean, I, I have a really great therapist that I uh, just started seeing a couple of years ago who really was instrumental in helping me write this book in the sense that the work we were doing was uncovering a lot of stuff. And I realized like a lot of my stories are just really funny. Like I just, I mean, I, I, I'm not saying I'm a you know, funny person, but the, the, things that happened, <laughs> the, the things that happened to me were funny, I think. And I'm also, you know, traumatic in a way, but I found a way to humor, humor, what's the word humorfully humorize sort of, yeah yeah you know i found a way to humorize them but but uh yeah i mean I, I, that's kind of my i mean i'm surrounded by really great people but people that i work with always tell me the truth so it's that's the best thing right yeah, because when you're giving so much you know and all that and i mean i imagine you know you got to get a little back too yeah i mean i I get a lot back from doing what I do, to be honest. Mm-hmm. With you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all over the world, again, New York, Los Angeles, Sydney, London, and, uh, and Toronto, question, Vancouver, Vancouver. And How did all that happen? Is it still growing? Oh, yeah. I mean, we could, I mean, uh, we may open a school in Copenhagen. I mean, there's lots of places, uh, South Africa, you know, it's pretty amazing. It is definitely a movement. You Um, should come by the Bradenton, Sarasota area, of course, you know, and we'll make some accommodations for you here. (laughs) There are people who are (laughs) retired, right? They have to act too. Right, they're That's probably all good. the senior city. Huge, it's like a brand new market. The senior that, citizens who want to act. The senior citizen market—that's hilarious. It's like Golden Girls. Yeah. Part two. 
Yeah, I love that show. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, we could talk more. We really enjoyed having you as a guest, uh, our special guest, Anthony Mindell, and uh, he's a famous acting coach. And just go on and see all the YouTube hits and how many people enjoy him and have, uh, wow, I mean, a lot of people who have progressed as actors. His book, At Left Brain, Turn Right, An Uncommon Path to Shutting Up Your Inner Critic, Giving Fear the Finger, and Having an Amazing Life. If you enjoyed the interview, go get the book and also Alphabet Soup for Grownups, 26 Ways to Not Worry, Be Happy, and Get Over Yourself, Finally. Well, thank you for having a, a sense of humor as well and in, in handling deep subject matter that, uh, that we all carry around and helping us be freer and, uh, and liberating people to be creative, more truthful people. We appreciate having you on the program. Well, thanks, Michael. I think we really talked about some great stuff, and hopefully your listeners are going to be really inspired. And I love your voiceover. You Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Woo, woo. When yeah. finally, you know, something broke free there. But uh, yeah, you did you did something. I'll tell you that. Thank you. Amazing. Our sponsors with over 90 years' experience in developing audio electronics, Bayer Dynamics stands for innovative audio products with the highest sound quality and pioneering technology. Two business divisions, consumer and installation, provide tailored solutions for professional and private users. All products are developed in Germany and primarily manufactured by hand, from headphones to microphones and conference and interpretation systems. For more information, please visit north-america.bearedynamic.com. And by Vocal Booth To Go carries a complete line of products and accessories specifically designed for voiceover actors, audio professionals, podcasters, producers, and studio owners to help them get professional results for their clients. It's your go-to place for sound treatment, soundproofing, portable, and mobile vocal booths. Visit VocalBoothToGo.com for more information. And by Hamilton Stands, founded in 1883 in Hamilton, Ohio, Hamilton Stands is the oldest music and instrument stand maker in the world. They offer a broad range of sheet music stands, band and orchestra instrument stands, and combo stands, including mic stands, guitar and keyboard stands, and accessories. In fact, the broadcast you're listening to is made using a Hamilton stage rocker mic stand. Visit HamiltonStands.com. And Oralex Acoustics has one mission. To make you sound your best, thousands of satisfied Oralex customers have experienced improved acoustics along with free expert advice, total sound control products from Oralex. Enjoy widespread use among prominent artists, producers, engineers, and corporations worldwide. Remember, it's not your gear, it's the room. Visit Oralex.com for more information. And great audio starts with great gear. And Zoom's 30-year reputation promises quality and affordability. Visit zoom-na.com today for recorders, audio interfaces, effects pedals, and more. We're Zoom, and we're for creators.